0: welcome to the readerly report your hosts are gail weisswasser and nicole Bonilla. we hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations recommendations and observations on the reading life thanks so much for joining us so welcome to another edition of the readerly report gail is coming to you from las vegas because as we said someone is always on vacation
1: or traveling. <laughs> I'm looking out into the the mountainy, deserty outside of Vegas outside my window here, and it's a beautiful, sunny, hot day here. I think it was 105 yesterday. It was 105 when I was there in June. I think beginning of June. It, yeah, I, it's almost too hot even to go to the pool. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. I went there yesterday in the late afternoon, just for a little bit, like maybe 45 minutes, and I had to be in, I sat in the shade. Oh, um, well, I always sit in the shade. I don't understand people who
0: in Vegas want to just lay out all day and not be shaded, but I was there for three days, and so we spent the first day or the first, I don't know, a few hours of an afternoon checking out all the different pools and the shade situation
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, like, where we could be, and because shade is just... I it's just, I, How can you just lay out for hours in 105-degree heat? And it was 105 every day that I was there, at least. I think 105 might have been when it was on the lower side. Where
1: did you stay when you were here? Um, at the Cosmopolitan. Oh, I love that place. I'm at the Venetian yeah. this time, but the Cosmopolitan's pretty cool, too. It's a good
0: hotel. I mean, the... Like, they don't have a lot of gambling there. Mm-hmm. It's just not that kind of hotel. Like, they have, um, they have the clubs. They have lo- lots of eating places. They have three pools. Um, so the gambling there is limited. You have to go someplace else if you really want to gamble. But I'm not that huge of a gambler. So I was fine to go and lose a little at roulette and then call it a day. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like it's got that kind of 50s New York vibe to it inside. Yes. A cool place, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get started. We're going to catch up on what Nicole's been reading because, as usual, Nicole's been very busy and reading tons of books, and she's got a number of books that she hasn't uh, yet talked about on the show, and I have a few that I have finished, which I can also talk about. So Actually,
0: we have a couple that we can sort of have book club discussions about because you just finished...
1: I finished Everything well, Here is Beautiful.
0: You finished everything. Here is beautiful. We can discuss that. I finished uh, the female persuasion, which oh, I know you read.
1: Good, so okay. we can
0: discuss that. Yeah, and so you can tell me whether I was right or wrong about the last Mrs. Parrish. Sure. Okay. Because I know you just finished that on the plane. Yep. Okay. So tell me how it was.
1: Okay. Should we start with Mrs. Parrish? Yes. Um, I need to stop reading books about psychopath husbands. I told you. Um, or sociopath husbands. I guess I didn't uh, You say
0: this every show I know, about I do. like I know. popcorn and the psychological thrillers. You're just like, I just have to stop.
1: I know. It's you just like, can't
0: quit them, Gail.
1: I know. It's like eating it's like eating a cupcake. Like it's irresistible and then afterwards you just feel bad about yourself. It's the same thing.
0: Or maybe not one cupcake, but when you ha- when you can't resist and you have two and then, then you're like, Oh yeah. I have too many.
1: Yeah. Um It was fine. So it's one of those books that's told in two perspectives. It's, uh, it's initially told by a woman who's very devious and manipulative. And the second half is told by the person that she has been manipulating. And I kind of, from the beginning, figured that probably the person she was manipulating was onto her. Um, but I was kind of just curious to see how the whole thing was going to play out. And, um, that's what happened. It reminded me a bit in the second half of Behind Closed Doors, which is another one of these psychopath husband books that I've read that I found very unpleasant because the guy was such an asshole. And, um, you know, this is kind of similar. And I don't, you know, hopefully I'm not giving away too much. I know it's supposed to be a big buildup and a big twist. I didn't find it that suspenseful. But, um, you know, the pages turned really fast. And I guess I'm glad I read it. But, it, like I said, it doesn't leave you feeling very uh, full. Like, it's 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 a very superficial read. How far did you make so you to it? before you had a gross, greasy
0: feeling. I, you know, I think they have that big party in the beginning, and then she sees the woman's closet or whatever, and she sees how neat it is, and I'm just like, oh, it's one of these. The husband's going to be totally disgusting. I won't be able to take it, so I stopped there that was pretty probably smart
1: on. yeah I think pretty he, early
0: on I think I was means... like this yeah if there had been a little bit more mystery you know if I had been a little bit more intrigued but with that scene I just knew what was going to go on enough that it just wasn't worth it
1: yeah I think you probably made the right call it's I think you could... I was like I've read this book before yeah <laughs> you have read that book before there's no question um, I got off the plane and I left the book in the Vegas airport. So I figured someone would pick it up and read it.
0: Are you getting better and feeling more comfortable about your airport drops?
1: Yes. Yes. I was like, am <laughs> so excited for them. <laughs> in fact, I was going to, you know, I could have left it on the plane and I'm like, no, 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 I want to leave it someplace that a wide range of eyes will see this book and somebody will say, oh, I wanted to read that and pick it up.
0: So this is so terrible. My mother was telling me the story about her friend who took a flight somewhere and she went to the bathroom and when she came back, her book was gone. What? Right?
1: That's awful.
0: I think that is so crazy. I mean, who steals someone's read?
1: Did she say anything? How does that even happen? How does that happen? Did she say anything? Like, did anyone see someone take a book or did she just sit there fuming?
0: I'm not sure. Like I, I didn't get past the fact that someone stole her book, but oh I am kind of. I mean, God. because you you have to sus- suspect your immediate neighbor or someone. It has to be your immediate neighbor, right? And maybe you just don't want to confront that person because who's going to lean over someone's seat to pick up their book or stand oh up and lean over God. and pick up the book?
1: Now I have to know. Do you know what book it was? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Clearly, I need to go back and get more details on this story. Yes, please story. get
1: more details and report back. I think we should have that person on the show. I want to uh, talk to her. The trauma. About what happened. That is that is terrible. Oh, could you imagine yeah. she's like all into this book and she comes back and it's gone? Now I'm all paranoid about like, oh,
0: maybe I should put my book in my purse or I'm Take taking it with my you. book to the bathroom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Although someone would be like, hmm, what are you doing in there? <laughs> right oh that is a terrible story like i need some time i'm gonna be paranoid about this now all the time because right i always have like this big stack of reading material that i've stuck into the back pocket these are like six magazines and a book and then my spare book i'm actually on trying the one to- hand i kind of love the fact that someone stole a book because
0: you know i mean if you're gonna steal something i feel like oh that's a good thing
1: that yeah, people care but, about
0: books that much, I guess. But on the other hand, I would be so traumatized. Oh,
1: that poor woman. Uh, so
0: universe, you don't have to let anyone steal my book because I
1: get it. Right. So I I can't believe I did this, but I don't think I brought enough to read on this trip. So Ooh. I know. I brought um, The Last Mrs. Parish and I brought the the midwife book, which I'm almost going to finish. And then I only have one more book. And I'm here for two more nights, and I'm really worried about what to do because, of course, I don't want to go buy a book because that seems silly when I have 6,000 of them at home. I guess one thing I could try, let me know if this is is possible, is I have my iPad with me. Should I overdrive a book to my iPad?
0: You can overdrive a book to your iPad. Um, I don't know if you're signed up for Idlevice or NetGalley. You could do that.
1: And just put it on my iPad.
0: And put it on your iPad.
1: Is that like the iBooks app or something? Like how does that um, work?
0: No, you just put in your email address and it sends it to your Kindle app.
1: But I, Oh, Kindle app on iPad? Do I have that? I guess I could just download it.
0: Yeah. I didn't even know you that. could
1: have Kindle app on it. No, because I never read on my iPad. I usually read on a Kindle But I, when I do that, but I stupidly didn't bring my Kindle with me.
0: Well, yeah, you can definitely do that. I mean, if you have Overdrive, they will send your ebook, whatever ebook you check out, to your Kindle app. And you and I like for them to do it like that because I like the page turn on the Kindle app because it simulates turning a page. I'm
1: kind of surprised that that Kindle makes an app for iPad or that iPad allows Kindle to run on iPad.
0: Kindle wants you to read everything that you can through kindle and they want it to be really easy for you
1: oh so they don't care what whether it's a physical kindle they just want it to be on the kindle platform
0: right because then you're buying kindle books
1: i see okay
0: this episode of the readerly report has been brought to you by kindle (laughs)
1: um okay i'm gonna do that that helps a lot and then i'll just go on overdrive and find some backlist that i can take out that i've wanted to read yes and then I'll have it in my back pocket. I mean, the chances are I may not need it. But you know the panic of the possibility that you might not have something to read that you want to read on the plane.
0: You know, as much as people talk about beach reading and beach books, I find that I don't read as much when I'm on the beach. There's something about being on the beach or at the pool that induces, induces such a presence of mind for me that I just get caught up in, like, Either people watching or enjoying the weather or, I don't know, thinking deep thoughts.
1: Wow. I'm the opposite. I'm like, as soon as I sit on that chair, I just want to read. Because I'm usually like catching up on not having had enough time.
0: I still read, but I do do lose an hour or two where I'm just more meditative, I think.
1: Right. That's very healthy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... Um, so you're still getting through the midwife book. Yeah,
1: I'm almost done though. So we can talk about it in the last, the next show, although I think I've already talked about it. It's not, it's not going to be a whole lot to say, but that's fine. Right.
0: Okay. So have you finished anything recently we should know
1: about? Uh, just everything here is, everything here is beautiful, which I think we talked about last week. That's the book that, um, I had started on audio and almost gave up on and then I finished in print and found the print much, much, much better than the audio for that book. Uh, right. I really did not like the audio at all. I felt like the casting was off. I felt like the tones of the voices was um, incongruous with the content. And it was h- very hard to follow and very off-putting. But the, the print I found much better. So I still don't think I like that book as much as a lot of people did. But uh, I'm glad I stuck with it and I'm glad I read it. Hmm. You Sounds were a big good. fan.
0: I was. You know, I don't. I I've read what was it? The Enchantment of Numbers. I think by Jennifer Shiverini, and that was a book that I really think that I would have enjoyed a lot more had I read it in print. And I think I read some sections of in print, and I really liked it. I don't know. I think once you have. Once you don't like a book in some format, though, too, I wonder how easy it is to switch. Because I could have switched to print with that book and enjoyed it a little bit more. But I just wonder if something about the experience is sort of spoiled. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Um, that's understandable. That you sort of
0: yeah. How can you feel enthusiastic about anything? Like sort of. I'm reading Meet Me at the Museum and I really like, there's so much that I really liked about that book, but there's some sections of it that were just a slog.
1: And do you feel Um, like it would have been harder to get through them on audio because you couldn't skim them?
0: The books that are a slog?
1: Yeah, just even just the sections that are a slog.
0: Yeah. I mean, see anything, and I feel like this, this is why people read more books. Like it's counterintuitive for some people, but I think that you read more books when you're reading more things, just because if you get to a point in a book where something is a little draggy or it's not fitting your mood, then you just read your other book Yeah, and you come back to it when you're in that, in that place where you're tolerant of it again. Um, because otherwise, you just stop reading until you match whatever it is that you were reading before.
1: I think that's a good point. Having to, a few options allows you to maximize your mood, right? Like the momentum you can. Kind because of-
0: there's some books that are just slow and intricate and detailed, and in a certain mood, you really love that. And sometimes you just want a fast-paced thriller. So if you're only reading one of those books, but you're not in that mood at the time, then you're going to do something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, Okay, so what else have you been reading? Because I know there's been a lot.
0: So I read The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory, and I wanted to read that. It's a romance novel, which... I'm so picky about romance novels and whatever. Re- and I really do not like contemporary romance. But Roxanne Gay really loved it. So I was like, let me give this a try. And it's a romance novel.
1: <laughs> Is this the one where she... This isn't the one where she, like, meets someone in the elevator and asks him to be her date to a wedding.
0: It's the one where he meets her in the elevator ah. and asks her to go with him. And it's an interracial romance. Okay. So it it was a romance. And, yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you read that in, like, an afternoon?
0: No, because it was a romance. Because sometimes... It's like, it was cute, but I even for a romance, I didn't think it was particularly great. I did, you know, I think... It seems like most of the Goodreads reviews that I've read are just like, oh, you know, finally a a heroine who eats stuff. Like, she spends the entire book eating pizza and french fries, and, you know, they have margaritas. So, you know, I think that there were things about this book that people liked that were driving it. You know, it's sort of an interracial romance. They both have good jobs. You know, it was not like... I think he was a surgeon and she worked for the mayor's office or whatever. So I think, you know, seeing a black woman as an equal, seeing um, a heroine that was curvy and people who do regular things that like eating in a romance novel were really appealing
1: to people. Mm -hmm. Is Um, the author white or black?
0: I think she's black. Okay. So... I think that there were exciting things about the author and the world that she's presenting and things like that. But it's still a romance novel, you know? Yeah. So um, I think if you like cute romance novels like that, and, you know, I love seeing different characters. And I like seeing, you know, like there were aspects of the book that I enjoyed, but I did not think it was like a spectacular it was a romance novel. Right, it is I just what don't it know is. What else to say. Yeah, no, it is what it is. It is what you expected it. It yeah. It was yeah. It's what you would expect of it. So yeah. So if you really like romance novels, there you have it. So I also finished my year of rest and relaxation.
1: Oh, that book is getting lots of attention.
0: Oh, Tessa Moshe, I didn't love it. And this is this is um, the writing was good. You know, she's writing about New York. I guess at the turn of this century, it's takes, I think it starts in 2000 and it ends in 2001. And it is about this woman who, her parents have died. So she has issues with her parents, but they've died and they've left her comfortable enough that she can pay the rent on her apartment, quit her job, just get everything delivered to her. And she decides, she finds like this wacko therapist who is willing to give her all kinds of, Of um, prescription medication so that she can basically just sleep for a year and then she's going to I guess decide what she would like to do from there so it's pretty black humor I'm not a big humor person (laughs) Um, this is pretty dark you know and and they're definitely things that hold you know about in in terms of being able to find people who are just like willing to prescribe you medication for you know, whatever wacky reason that you can come up with.
1: What, um, why do you think the author said it at that time, just pre-9-11?
0: There is a certain thing in terms of withdrawing. I think, remember when we talked to Cynthia Swanson about social media? Yeah. I think that's probably about the last time that you can set a novel where there are cell phones, but social media is not as prevalent.
1: Was that because you think that you wanted her to be isolated, to really feel cut off? Yeah, it really is a book about isolation. Okay, that makes sense.
0: So it's about, you know, she used to work in an art gallery. It's sort of about the shallowness of that life. It's about, you know, the boyfriend that she's working with, like typical romantic problems where you're dating someone older who's not the right guy, you know, and just taking a break from everything. So she sort of works through her issues with her mother and her father and her best friend, I mean, it's just so, it's like one of these dark novels that sort of, it's not like it's abstract, but it's getting, it's going in that direction. Hmm. So it's like, it's so extreme that it's sort of like, what's the point, you know, when, when you take a stereotype and just push it to its furthest extreme. Yeah. But at the same time, it it was interesting.
1: <laughs> it's uh not, it's fiction, right?
0: It's fiction. Yeah. Okay. Right. Remember, I had thought it was a real memoir. I think I would have been more interested if it was a memoir. Yeah. But nope, it's fiction. And I don't know. I mean, it's such a New York book. Maybe it would translate to D.C. Maybe it would translate to L.A. I just don't. It's not. It's definitely a sort of a big city type of book. And I would think, an, yeah, big eastern city or L.A. Okay. Sort of like Sloane Crosley's book, which I don't remember if I talked about in depth, but she had the humorous essays um, that were basically set in New York. It's a bestseller. Of course, you don't really need to sell that many books to be a bestseller. like It can be anywhere from 5,000 to 20,000 books. And I think that book is just so specific. It's just so specific to New York. It's so specific to just a certain level of education to even understand what's going on in that book. Yeah. Or to understand the humor. Look alive out there, Sloan Crosley.
1: So the my years of rest and relaxation, I feel like I keep reading about it and some people seem to really like it and some people don't as much.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just sort of like if you like that type of book. If you like sort of caricature, dark humor, you know, if you want to sit and tease about, tease out what it's saying about isolation or whatever, or if you like relate to that, it's pretty bleak, you know?
1: Hmm.
0: So yeah, yeah, I think it's just like one of those love it or hate it books. I mean, I think her writing is really good. I might check out the book that she wrote before this called Eileen, because I think it might be just more my cup of tea. Yeah. Like, I'm not big on that, on, like, like crazy extreme humor.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it's, when it seems unrealistic, for me anyway, I get kind of turned off, because I'm like, this can't really ever happen, and I don't right. find it as funny.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, she's taking so many different prescriptions. She's, like, just black out. She's, like, doing things... Um, when she's on her pills that she doesn't remember, I'm not saying that that can't happen, but just the the dosages she's taking, the pills that she's just like, why isn't this woman dead? Right. Which I think you get a little bit of that in Woman in the Window. Oh, yeah. That was like my, probably my main criticism about this book is just like, okay, she's gone through things and she's been drinking. And I get that, you know, you're going through stuff and you drink a lot. But... Um, who's drinking four and five bottles of wine a day and just living their life? Right.
1: Yeah. There was just a tremendous amount of alcohol being consumed in that book. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you want to talk female persuasion?
0: Yes. Let's do it. What did you think? So I really, I enjoyed reading the female persuasion. Um, I get what you were talking about that. It's just like, it was an enjoyable book. Um, I would not even, you know, I think it was sort of marketed as being relevant to the Me Too moment that's taking place, um, you know, when everyone's sort of reaching for feminist stories or, or how the world is changing. I thought it was a good story about these particular lives. Um, my book club just ripped it to shreds.
1: Did they really? Why? (laughs) They did.
0: Uh, I think because the characters, and I agree. I mean, the main character was pretty naive. Yes. And it did seem like everyone in this novel was sort of a type that the author wanted to have in this book. It reminded me of what you said about the submission. What, that it felt like? It went down uh, the list. There were certain characters. You know, it's like there is the woman, the lesbian woman, and her choice of partner was sort of like cliche and how they met. Yeah, so I think that they felt the characters were too pat, a little too naive, and everything just wrapped up super nicely.
1: Yeah. Try to think. I mean, I don't know if I'd say it wrapped up nicely, because you certainly had the rift between the main character and Faith, Greer, Greer and Faith. Um, Yeah, I don't know if I'd say it wrapped up nicely. I think I would...
0: Well, she sells a book. She buys a brownstone in Brooklyn. (laughs) And everyone's just like, okay, so who sells a book and is able to buy a brownstone and then give the rest of their money away? I think it was a little pat. You know, she reunites with the guy. They have a baby.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. I mean, who does that? She never had to live with anyone because the job that she got this feminist, you know, this job at this feminist organization just pays so much that she, right out of college, lives by herself in New York City. It was,
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: There were there were a lot of things that were just super easy. And you know, who knows? That maybe that's the point, maybe for some people.
1: Yeah, but if you're looking at it as like a big commentary about adulthood and all of that, you don't necessarily want something that feels very unattainable. So yeah, I I see what you're well, saying.
0: Yeah. She I- never had a roommate. It just, I don't know. I think all the women in the book club were sort of isolated by that experience because it was so different than, you know, when you have roommates and, you know, we met and we met at someone's house and we made dinner together. Like, she never had any of those kinds of experiences that I feel like you have when you're younger in the city.
1: I wonder if it's um, because she Meg was really Walter. Isolated. Meg Wolter maybe never experienced that. You know, maybe she didn't live in the city when she was young and poor. Or she didn't, she did it well, at a that's different kind time. kind of lazy
0: for an author, if, it, if that's the reason. Yeah. If that's indeed the reason. Because then we're saying that you can only write about your experience.
1: Yeah.
0: I do think that a lot of this was heavy, heavy in her. Like, I felt like she was probably the, you know, maybe the older version of her was Faith Frank, and maybe the younger version of her, you know,
1: maybe that was Greer. Mm. Interesting. I went to hear her speak about this book. I didn't hear her say that, um, but no one asked that question. I just found it, like, really forgettable. Like, you know, that it was heralded as this sort of, like, novel of our times. And yet, like I, I mean, I barely remember it. I think I only read it, like, three or four months ago. I don't know, maybe a little right. more than that, but I can... Barely remember the characters names. I don't remember the girl's name, that's the friend who lives in Chicago. Z Z, I don't remember the boyfriend's name.
0: Yeah, we had that experience too where we were struggling to reach for their names and we had just finished it. That's yeah. why I said I agree with you. Like I enjoyed it while I read it. It doesn't really hold up when you try to discuss it. Yeah. We didn't find and then, and yeah, it's like it was fine. It was a good story, but You know, I just read it a month ago. I finished a month ago and discussed it in another month. Yeah. If you asked me about the story, I don't know what I would be able to, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, you know, girl moves to New York, gets a job.
1: I don't know. (laughs) Right. I mean, I can barely remember it. I remember the boyfriend moved back home when there was a tragic family accident. And Z and Greer are estranged when it comes out that. Career has sort of betrayed her but like yeah I that's a long book and I don't remember much of what happened in it (laughs) you know I have a um I have another book we can talk about because I don't did we talk about that kind of mother on the show I guess we did we did we did but that like I can say about that the same thing we just had our book club meeting on it and granted I had read it a good while earlier and I had read a lot of books in between but, like, I couldn't remember anything. And people were bringing up plot points, and I didn't remember them at all. Like, did I actually read this book? Like, it was, it was so insubstantial. Yeah, we discussed it.
0: But, yeah, that was your commentary on it, that you wouldn't really remember it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's so insubstantial, I don't remember having discussed it. <laughs> Not even just the book. I don't even remember what I said about it. Um, all right. Well, Well, that
0: takes, that takes some doing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. So that's a couple of books there that, that you've finished. Anything else you want to talk about?
0: Uh, once again, I have this long list of books, Oh, but I can cross female persuasion on my list. I'm maintaining a list. So if I don't get to some things, I can mention them later. Okay. So I read A Double Life by Flynn Berry, and it's out right now. It is based on, it's about this woman who, have I mentioned this before? It's about this woman who's, whose father is accused of murdering her nanny and the attempted murder of her mother. So she and her brother, you know, they're all grown up, and they have changed their names, and they're living different lives. Like her brother is sort of um, struggling her brother is struggling with an um, some kind of opioid addiction, and she is working, but she's obsessed with figuring out where her father is, and sort of confronting him about this crime. So it's sort it's about growing up in the shadow of this crime. She based this story on like a real life. I should mention that her father, who is accused of this crime, was a lord. So he's part of British aristocracy, and he was like the first lord in, I don't know, since the 1800s, and this is set in the 1960s, who's actually been accused of murder, or who has been searched for for a crime. And she based this novel on the real Lord Lucan, who tried to murder his wife, allegedly tried to murder his wife, and did actually murder the nanny probably in a case of mistaken identity. So it's a book about, a novel about obsession. You know, her, this woman is just sort of obsessed with what her father meant, the relationship between her parents, why he's placed her in this position. You know, like, there is a class difference, because, you know, this Lord supposedly marries beneath him. And, His friends never really liked her, and that played a dynamic in the trial. So that is a really interesting novel that came out on July 31st. And if you're interested in sort of true crime kind of things, it's like, but this novel is just really about the lengths that she will go to to figure out what happened that night and to maybe bring her father to justice. And one other thing that I'll mention that came out, because I don't remember mentioning in depth, and I really love this novel, was Fruit of the Drunken Tree by Ingrid Rojas Contreras. And it's set in Colombia. And I, I'm not, well, it has to be about the, around the time of Pablo Escobar. So I would think late 80s, early 90s. So it's about this this little girl and her relationship with her, um, I guess this is the house girl that her mother has hired to sort of tidy up and and look after the girls. And it's about their relationship. Um, How They're not that far apart in age. I think one is 8 and 14, but it's about the unlikely friendship that develops, develops between them. And, you know, one is sort of, her family is very poor and they're really affected by, you know, the drug war and Pablo Escobar and what's going on. So it's all about how their relationship with her just basically changes the fabric of their life. It's set in Colombia. Um, it's told sort of looking back. You know, already the, they are in the United States. Um, they have fled Colombia because of all that's going on. So it's a look back at their life and and what's led them to the United States. So if you are interested in all, you know, I love reading about other cultures and Colombia in the nineteen nineties and. And how these two very different lives impacted each other—it's a really good read.
1: I think I've seen that one around too. Wow, oh, you have been busy with the reading. I
0: have, and I still have like twelve things on my list, but we we won't get them. To, we won't get to them today. I just tried to mention anything that was really relevant that um, is out right now. Actually, an unwanted guest by Shari Lapena is out right now. What's that? It's sort of this. Cl- closed door mystery, psychological thriller, you know, these, I don't know, it's like 10 to 12 people, about these 10 to 12 people who are in this house overnight. And what happens is a woman falls down the stairs, at least they think a woman has fallen down the stairs. But then, you know, another death is discovered. And they're stuck there in the middle of a snowstorm where no one can get to them. So of course it's sort of like one of those locked room mysteries where you have to figure out. So yeah, so that's out. It came out August 7th.
1: Yeah, sounds like m- murder on the Orient Express type thing.
0: Yes. Um, but remember you've sworn off those kinds of novels so yes. until right. the next until the next one you read
1: <laughs> until the next one. <laughs> totally.
0: So is there anything that you are planning on picking up next since you're saying, what do you think you might pick up since you think you're running out of books? Well,
1: I have a book with me. um, What is it called? Every Other Weekend? Is that what that book is called? Uh, It's across the room from me, but I'm tethered to my laptop with my earbud, so I can't go look at it. Every Other Weekend by Zulema Rune Summerfield. And it's about divorce. So um, I think it's set in, let's see, it's set in the late 80s, and it's about an eight-year-old girl whose parents have gotten divorced. And it came out in, earlier this year, and I have that with me. So that's going to be my next book when I finish The Midwife of Hope River. And um, I'm excited to read that. And beyond that, I haven't, I haven't planned out anything. We have our next book club book, which is A Place for Us, which I think you have read or you're going to read.
0: No, we're going to make it our readerly book club pick. So, if anyone re- wants to read um, A Place for Us, it's Sarah Jessica Parker's new book. It's like the sweeping family drama, like epic, one of those epic family dramas, right?
1: Right. Well, it's her, new, her imprint's new book. And it's I don't her want people to think, yes. Um Yeah, so that's going to be our book club read. So, I'll probably read that in September. So, yeah, I think, like Nicole said, if anyone wants to read that along with us, we'll then discuss it here on the show. So that, yeah, so the, the, that's all I've planned. You know me. I don't plan out too far. I sort of see where the winds take me when I finish a book. So, um, but that's my, uh, I'll have to figure out if I add something to my Kindle for the, or to my uh, iPad for the way home.
0: So I'm looking forward to hearing about that. If you do do that, what your experience is like. If that okay. book does not, you know, if that one book is not enough to carry you. I mean, it might not be because you've got that flight back.
1: Yeah. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll even gasp, go to a bookstore. (gasps) I know. I wish they had a good used bookstore, but I'm on the Vegas Strip. It seems like that's not going to be too easy to find. Although, you know, I'm going to run a car today and drive out to the hinterlands and check out some of the mountains around here. I was about to say you could go off strip. I know. Maybe I'll Google like used (laughs) bookstore and see if I can pick up something for like two or three bucks. And, yeah. Go go wild. That would be a nice little adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I will do that. Oh,
0: that'll be nice to do the mountains.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Every time
0: I say that I'm going to do that, but I think it's one of those things that I have to set my intention to do before I actually get there.
1: Yeah. Well, last night I made a car rental reservation. I can cancel it. They don't have my credit card yet, but I figured that would commit me to doing it. Right. So... Um, all right. Well, so
0: enjoy the rest of your time there. Are you gonna try to get some more pool time.
1: Yes, I definitely will. I definitely will. It'll be relaxing. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's a good uh, a good place to stop. We were going to talk about book covers, but why don't we save that for next time? Okay. Lots, I'm lots make to a talk note. about. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot. Lots of good <laughs> material there for book covers. And uh, until then, happy reading. Happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com, and you can find me, Gail, blogging at Everyday I Write the Book, which is at everydayiwritethebookblog.com, and Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is linusblanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time.